Good morning, North Shore Church. What a beautiful morning it is here in the middle, past the middle of September already, and we have some nice weather. Praise God for that. Um, we're thankful for that. Um, if, for everybody who's here today, we thank you for coming. And if you're watching from home, uh, we also thank you for tuning in. Today's reading is going to be from Romans, and I'm so glad Andy's preaching on this because it's only five verses, and there's so much to unpack, unpack from these five verses. So, um, Romans 12, uh, starting at uh, verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor, eat what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. And be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And that ends the reading. Let's pray. Oh God, praise your holy name this morning, Lord. Thank you for the gift of salvation that, uh, that you have given us. Lord, by your grace, through faith. You alone are worthy of our eternal love and praise forever. Loving Father, too often our minds is, is deflected from Jesus and onto the things of this world, especially when times are difficult. But we want to keep our mind on Christ, because on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. We pray this morning that we would become increasingly aware of the Holy Spirit's promptings in our life, so that every day our heart and mind may be saturated with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. May his nature be reflected through our actions and through our attitudes. And may our life be transformed daily by renewing of our minds. Help us to prove in our life what your will for us is, and that we may only do those things that are good and acceptable and perfect in your sight. Father, we know we're not perfect. We know that we sin daily, and we come to you with those sins this morning. As Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but being justified freely by your grace. is Lord, we just thank you for that grace, that life-saving grace that you give us. We pray today for those who are hurting and suffering. Um, God, we pray today for uh, Rob Lobbs, that you continue to be with him. Um, we pray that the chemo works on his cancer, Lord. And uh, God, we just ask that you keep him safe and that you keep him um, comfortable and that you just, Lord, that you give him your spirit here this morning, that he, that he can just feel your spirit, Lord. We pray for John Hickson, Lord, that you would just restore his lungs, help him to, to breathe more freely, Lord. We pray today for uh, Gloria's brother, Harold Corwin, God, that you would just help him be comfortable and give him your peace and your love this morning, Lord, that he feels it. If he doesn't know you, Lord, that he would, that he would get to know you, Lord. Um, Father, we, just, we pray for him today. And we also uh, we pray for um, Pastor Duncan and Michelle, who are out of town. We pray for their safety home. Uh, tomorrow, God, that you, would, that you would give them safe travels from where they're at. Um, God, we pray for Jeff's mom, Mary, um, as she's battling with cancer as well. God, that you would uh, rid her of that cancer, Lord, supernaturally. God, we just thank you for just being our God and for all those who have, you have healing in our church, like Joe and so many more people, God, that you have just um, been with and, and helped. 
Uh, we pray, we thank you for uh, recovering those from, that are recovering from the hospital and um, just anyone who is suffering through any kind of thing right now today, God, that they would find your peace. We pray for Andy this morning that uh, you would uh, be, use him to bring the truth out of his sermon today from Romans, um, that you would be honored and made much of today, God, for your praise and glory. This we ask in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning again. And uh, admittedly a little nervous this morning, as I do when I have to bring a message to all of you. Um, I'm going to start with prayer, and then we'll get into the message. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you again for the privilege of being here this morning. Thank you for the privilege of delivering your word. God, I ask your blessing on this message. I ask your blessing on me. Clear my mind. Let me only speak what you want spoken. And I ask for this through your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm here this morning. Duncan is out with family business out of town, and he will be back next week. This, morning, this morning's message is following on the heels of last week's message. The message was on church membership. And, um, and the point was made that Scripture instructs us to be part of the body of believers. And if you're a part of North Shore, you know that we set our actions by Scripture. This verse was given and explained that direct us to be a body, active and known, and be in a group of local Christ-like followers such as ourselves. Two verses, <clears throat> two verses from last week. Ephesians 4, verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, that each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And Ephesians 4, verse 16 says, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Three scriptures were explained in some detail in last week's message and show that we do need to be part of a body. There is no exemption for a believer to go it alone. In fact, there are warnings if you do so. Ephesians 4 verse 14 is one of those warnings so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in, defeat, in deceitful schemes. So what does this look like, being tossed about to and fro, being carried around by doctrine and human cunning and deceitful schemes? This would be the condition of a new believer in Christ, a new Christian who does not have a broad grasp of God's character how God intends his church to function here on this earth. The faith that we came to Christ with, childlike faith, defines a complete trust in Jesus for our forgiveness of our sins and an acceptance of him as our Savior. This is the way to salvation, the only way to salvation. And each of us has submitted to his authority in our lives, and we receive the grace and forgiveness that comes with that. But this is not the way to interact with fallen, sinful humans. Without discernment and maturity, we can be taken advantage of, and we can even lead others away from Christ as well. This is the work of the devil, 
carried out in our lives by us when we are deceived. Membership in a body is needed so that we can grow to maturity for protection as we grow. One of Satan's main attacks is separation. Remove you from your support. Take you from under the headship of a shepherd in the flock. There, when you're alone, you can be tempted and convinced and drawn into selfish desires and acts, each decision being increasingly driven by your own heart, which in this life still is prone to sin, each action being pulled forward by the world and other people, perhaps friends or leaders with possibly the best interest or possibly the worst of intentions, but worldly intent nonetheless. Your Christian heart, the one given to you when you accepted Christ, the one changed when you accepted Christ and the Holy Spirit inside of you will be burning. It will be pushing you. It will not be satisfied with the distance you have put between yourself and the body of Christ. Yet your free will will allow you to continue. Listen up. We are not robots. We're not pre-programmed by God and we have choices to make. And we continue to do our own sinful desires. Our heart and even the Holy Spirit's prompting can be pushed back. But this is not the plan for a Christian's life. This is not a life filled with peace, love, and joy in Christ. This is being tossed about, possibly by false Christian preaching, preaching that our flesh wants to hear. According to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. So this body of Christ, this church that you attend, the one that you became a member of, needs to be a true church, not a false church. A body of believers who are true to the entirety of God, preachers of the Bible, followers of God's word, and as humanly possible, correct in their understanding of scripture and how this all works today on Sunday morning and each moment all week long. What I have just, just best been describing is doctrine. And how does this church interpret scripture and apply it? As a Christian, you need to ensure to the best of your ability that the body that you attach yourself to is a healthy one. That means it follows God's direction. This will not always be easy for us as Christians in a world that is against us. This world is fallen and will get worse. But we are not to follow the world, but God and his plan for us. Next Sunday, Duncan will, beginning a, will be beginning a Sunday school series on just that, doctrine. 9 a.m., right there in the fireside room. I point to the back of the church because that's where it is. If you're a new Christian or an old Christian, or if you just want a better grasp on what North Shore believes to be true, I would just like a refresher. Please, this is an announcement, please consider attending that class at 9 a.m. It's a great way to start your Sunday mornings. It will also give you plenty to talk about with this body of believers. Well, I see that my treatment of last Sunday's message was not that brief, but it really is of the greatest importance that we all understand why we need to be bound together with fellow Christians. The devil seeks to kill and destroy. He seeks to take out our witness, and alone we make much easier targets. Now on to today's message, our topic, a message that I entitled, A Mature Christian.
Ephesians 4.13 says, Until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This verse instructs us to become mature. But please tell me, what is mature? What does the Bible say mature Christian looks like? Romans 12, verses 9 through 13. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. This text is exactly what we need. This is not the only text in the Bible, but we can start with it for today's message. Verse 9, and only the first half, only the first four words actually, let love be genuine. Let's set the scene, practically speaking, and in all truth, we are at North Shore Church. Unless you're home on the live stream, then you're not at North Shore Church, but follow with me. This is the body of Christ that was spoken about. And those who are members of this church have agreed to be in fellowship, in relationship with each other. This text directs us to have genuine love for each other, not a superficial affection or a facade of caring. This type of love will need to be driven by the mature knowledge that we ourselves are loved by God, forgiven and welcomed by him into a relationship that will not end the same way our fellow North Shore members are loved by God. We are to love what God loves, and that is the other North Shore members. We are going to be exposed to them regularly, and we are tasked with helping each other. More on that later. This genuine love is a choice we need to make. It is a way of relating to others, and it is how Jesus exemplified his life for us. I should say now that this practical teaching is not going to be easy or ever perfectly carried out by us. But just because it's hard, it does not give us the right to say no. These are God's given instructions for Christians. This is how maturity is gained. Growing pains, no pain, no game. I'm sure we all know this to be true in our physical bodies, and it is also true spiritually. Unless we die to our fleshly desires, we will not grow in our spiritual Christ-likeness. Maturity in Christ is where peace is found. I probably don't have to say it, but I will any, anyway. It will be a challenge to genuinely hold to a loving attitude in your heart for each member of North Shore Church. But as you exercise your will to do this, prayer will happen and a true maturing of your spirit will follow. This will allow you to go farther, to grow, and to work towards the rest of God's instructions for his children. So let me clarify this and I think add a little bit of humor and make sure you're tracking me. Thank you. This is what I just said. I just said you are to love each one around you. Look around. Feel free to look around. See who you're loving. And that will be hard and you will fail. You are supposed to fail because people are difficult and God told you to do it anyways. But in your failing, you will need to rely on God. When you do that, 
you will grow and fail less. Okay, we got it? Good. Let's go. The second half of verse 9. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. God hates evil, and as such we should also. Do not be tempted to be around sin, be it old habits or new enticements. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So the mature Christian, while he does not avoid sinners, as that would not be the example given by Jesus, he does not keep bad company that would move his heart towards sin. He hates evil and gravitates and holds on to what is good. Verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Love and honor, brotherly, is the way it's described. This verse leads me to our contemporary phrase, blood is thicker than water. Meaning we may fight and we may disagree, but I will not badmouth your character. Who you are, or even if we disagree, I will still come back to you. I will seek forgiveness and still have your back. I will want good things for you. This verse says, outdo one another and showing honor. So we need to be all about actively honoring each other, building each other up and not tearing each other down. Verse 11, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. As we are serving each other, we are not to be slothful, lazy in our desire, we should eagerly look to an opportunity to serve each other, our spirit being fervent. In my study of this verse, fervent was described in a picture, the picture of a pot of boiling water. We can barely contain ourselves. Like this pot of boiling water, we are full of energy, energy just looking for an outlet. As we see the need that a brother or sister has, we jump into action. The entire time our focus as we serve them, as we help them, we are helping and serving the Lord, which is the second half of the verse. In spirit, serve the Lord. We are serving fellow Christians, brothers and sisters, but keeping our focus and our eyes on the reason for our service, for our Lord, and that all that we do and are doing is directly for Christ. Verse 12 then takes us a step away from these direct instructions for us as we relate to each other, and it goes into our personal attitudes and our actions. Verse 12 starts with rejoice in hope. To be joyful in your hope, your expectations, confident in your trust that God will deliver on all of his promise, knowing always that our hope is placed in, all, in an all-powerful and everlasting God. Be patient in tribulation. We are to endure trials and hardships, not losing faith in God, but trusting in his good plan for our lives, a plan that honors God. Be constant in prayer. These four words probably are the easiest to understand. No way to misinterpret them. Pray at all times. Give thanks to God for blessings, extraordinary or everyday normal. Ask for guidance when you need help. 
ask for healing when you need it. With your voice, out loud, thank him and call upon him for help. Then pray with others. Then pray in private. Then pray in silence. Seek his voice and his leading and his comfort at all times. Verse 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Again, a direct command to provide for the needs of fellow Christians. And then it specifically spells out hospitality for the second half of this verse. This is a very practical need for early Christians. Christians who were traveling either by choice or had been forced out of their own towns by persecution or threat of death. They would need a place to stay and food to eat, and the only safe place may have been with a fellow Christian. Practically speaking, we in the U.S. don't really relate much to the second half of this verse. But I can imagine that where the Christian is marked for death today, certain countries and religions and the powers that run them, a Christian will see this hospitality verse be very much a portion of their life. It is happening even as we sit here this morning. Christians are putting their own lives in danger by helping fellow Christians. We can help to contribute to these persecuted Christians with prayers and in other ways as well if we seek out these ways. In a less dramatic way, we at North Shore Church still have needs, needs that need to be met. There's a benevolent offering taken once a month, and that would be a good way to start, as North Shore Church will use that money to give to those who come to us with financial needs. But many other needs at North Shore Church need to be found out. If we here would all start truly looking around us, we will find needs that have to be met here in this body. I'm certain there are many needs that could be filled and maybe should be filled by another member here of North Shore Church. We have all been given gifts and abilities to serve the body. There are emotional needs, spiritual needs, physical needs. Life happens and we need help. These are the things the body is to provide for each other. Along with the ministry needs of the church as the gospel is to be preached and spread to all, but if the body is not healthy, growth will not come. Let's heal this body, nurture it, and see how God will grow each of us as we serve each other. And to sum up these five verses, I have seven points. That's just how my math works. I'm going to be very honest. This message is quite preachy, and I know that. It is pointed, as the truth given in Scripture cannot be waved away we are not given a way out of this. And the seven points are not easier than the message that I have already given. Also, just because I am giving it, I am in no way better than any of you who are learning God's plan with me. You and I will fail at meeting all of these mature Christian characteristics, possibly frequently. But as we practice them, we will get better. The great news is that as we do mature, we will find joy in doing God's will in our lives. This will will give us the boost we need to pray harder and to die more to our own self-serving sins and to grow in faith and love. So let's have those seven points from those five verses. Point number one, genuine love for fellow Christians. Start and focus on North Shore members. If you don't know many of them, 
Let's start getting to know each other this fall. North Shore is going to start having some meals after Sunday services. This will give us all a chance to get to know each other, to become a body that eats together and has time to share and to grow and to stay alert in each other's needs. Point number two, hate sin and watch your company. Gravitate towards good. Do you need to adjust some influences in your life? Point three, honor as brothers and sisters. Build up each other and don't tear down. Point number four, eagerly helping others. No need to ask twice, I'm on it, would be a good catchphrase. Point five, remain helpful, joyful, and patient in hardships. Point six, be in prayer in all things at all times. Don't go it alone. Involve God in all that you do. Point seven, speak our needs and meet the needs of your Christian family. Let your needs be known to others. Now these are part, not all of the characteristics of a mature Christian. But as it relates to our body of believers here at North Shore Church in Menominee, Michigan, we need to get these right. We need to start doing these things all of the time. This needs to be how we relate to each other. This is how the world, the non-Christians in our direct contact, will see the love of Christ lived out in our lives. This is how Christ is made much of, and we, are bring, and we bring glory to God's name. I have the seven points printed out for you. Um, the ushers will have them at the doors when you leave today. If you feel free to take one if you want to. I'm going to use mine as a reminder of this message, a sort of checklist, so that I can keep focused on my own journey towards maturity. And that is the end of my message. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your scripture. God, thank you for caring for us. God, I thank you for the way you involve yourselves in our lives. God, I ask your blessing on all of us here. Let your word go out. Let us be healed and let us be drawn deeper into a relationship with you.